Hi, this is John Stonge, and just a few minutes ago, we wrapped up our coaching call with the Healthy Discipleship Community, and this week we were talking about our devotional life, our personal devotional life, and the time that we spend with the Lord dedicated to studying the Scriptures, dedicated to spending time in prayer, and uh, that was just recorded. In just a moment, I'm going to share that recording with you, and I hope you'll find it helpful. One of the things you'll notice in our group is that there's a variety of of perspectives that get shared. So I come from the perspective of uh, Christ-centered, Bible-teaching, evangelical Christianity, and that's the perspective toward Christ and toward the Scriptures that I hold. In our group, we have a variety of other perspectives represented there that maybe hold some different shades and different viewpoints. So I'll point that out to you even before you have the opportunity to listen to the recording. And uh, I'd be interested to hear some of your perspectives towards some of the topics that come up on tonight's call. Are there things that the Lord has just shown you over the course of your life that have helped you to get to know him better? Are there things that you incorporate in your personal devotional time that you think would be helpful for other people to utilize as well? Those are things that I'd encourage you to maybe sometime shoot me an email. Uh, my email address is john at desirejesus.com. Again, that's john at com. And let me know some of your thoughts on some of these subjects. But without further ado, here's tonight's recording as we talk about ways in which we can strengthen our devotional time. Well, good evening, and welcome to this evening's training of the Healthy Discipleship Community. And we've got a, a group of people really from all around the United States with us tonight live on the call. And so you'll have the opportunity to hear our discussion in just a, a few minutes uh, but tonight we're talking about four ways to get the most out of your devotional time. I don't know if you're somebody that in general has incorporated a devotional time into your daily routine or your weekly routine, but it's something that I think is probably in general a, a pretty wise thing to do, and it can be a very helpful thing to do as well. And one of the things that as a pastor I tend to get a lot of questions about are what can we just as individual Christians be doing to make investments in our ongoing growth in Christ. And one of the more obvious things that I think we as believers could be doing is incorporating a devotional time into our day-to-day -day structure. And so we're going to be talking about some of these things. I'm going to be sharing some of the things that I incorporate in my devotional time, and, I, and certainly a few things that I want to share with you. And while I don't think the things that we'll be talking about this evening are necessarily earth-shattering, uh, and I don't think that they're mysterious or secretive or, or anything like that. I do think they are immensely helpful. And they're the type of things that, as we look at it, we may verbally assent to, yeah, that's a good idea, or, you know, that's something that I currently incorporate, or maybe I should incorporate more. Uh, but, there's, but I think you'll notice as we look at these that, that there are many things that we'll talk about that people give verbal assent to, but they don't always put into practice in their day-to-day -day life. So I hope that one of the takeaways that we have from tonight, even if the ideas that we suggest are ideas that you're already familiar with, I do hope that one of the things that can be a takeaway for all of us 
is a greater diligence in our devotional time and what it looks like to actually become quite serious about incorporating that into our daily schedule. So again, tonight we're talking about four ways to get the most out of our devotional time. And let me just start off with a few preliminary thoughts. Incorporating a personal devotional time into your daily schedule is something that many Christians would say is a contributing factor to their ongoing spiritual maturity. And I use that phrase spiritual maturity on purpose, because one of the things that I think is a high priority for the Lord, for you and for me, is that we become spiritually mature. One of the things that the Apostle Paul, when he was talking to the church at Corinth, one of the things that he challenged them with was the fact that they were at a spot, they had, know, they had known the Lord long enough that, that they should have been at a spot where they were acting with more maturity and should be really living like Christian leaders, not just people who were new to the faith, but they were taking a long time to develop spiritual maturity. And that's something that maybe some of us would say, you know, for a certain season of your life or my life, I think we could probably look at it and say, yeah, that that really wasn't the most mature season of my life. But when you talk to people that have grown in spiritual maturity, many Christians would testify to the fact that one of the big contributing factors was when they started carving out time in a very intentional way, many would say daily, to have a devotional time. And so if that's not a concept you're already familiar with, what we're talking about is, is basically setting aside time for us and the Lord to spend together and doing it in a very intentional way. So let me just throw this out there, really just as a, as a question that's food for thought. Uh, do you presently carve out time daily to spend with the Lord? Now, in one sense, we're, we're already spending time with the Lord just by virtue of being His children, and we're walking with Him in the midst of all context. You know, Scripture encourages us to be people who pray without ceasing. So as we go along throughout the course of our day, we're, we're fellowshipping with the Lord. We're walking with the Lord. I recognize that the Lord's present with us in the midst of all circumstances, but what I mean by a devotional time is kind of where we where we carve out time to very intentionally and specifically focus on him and really give some thought to our walk with him and make an investment in our walk with him and and become very conscious of the fact that we have the privilege to spend time with him so do you presently carve out time like that and if so i'm just and we'll talk about this in a few minutes after i share a few thoughts but i'd just be curious to hear what does that time look like and how long do you spend in those times and what are you choosing to read and what else do you do in the midst of those times i'll offer a few suggestions but i'm also hoping that maybe from some of the folks that are joining me here live on the call this evening that uh, maybe some of your ideas can also be incorporated into some of the suggestions that I have for us. I remember one particular time when I was in college, and uh, that was when um, the idea of of incorporating a devotional time into my day-to-day life was still pretty early on my radar. And I remember talking to somebody at a Christian bookstore. Uh, I went to a Christian college, so we had a Christian bookstore right on campus. And I remember talking to somebody who uh, worked in that bookstore, and I happened to be buying a book. And uh, she looked at the book and she said, oh, that's, 
That I love that book. She said that's a book that lasts. I think she said something like last summer I incorporated that book into my daily devotional time. And I wasn't buying the book with the thought that it would be something devotional in nature, but I did think it was interesting that she made that comment. And I thought, oh, I didn't, I didn't even think about incorporating this into uh, something that I used as a resource in my devotional time until she said that. But it was certainly a book that could be utilized that way. And so I'm just curious, and, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, what your devotional time looks like. What do you read? What do you incorporate into that time? What else do you do? We'll get to that in just a few moments. Also, during our time together this evening, I I want to make four suggestions that I think will help you get the most out of your devotional time if you choose to incorporate something like this into your daily schedule. And I recognize that those that are live on the call, it would not surprise me based on who I know to be on the call this evening if some of you may already have a robust devotional time. But I also know that some of you may be choosing to uh, access this video after the fact or the audio via the podcast. Maybe this is a new concept for you. And if this is a new concept for you, I really hope that you'll find this practical. And I really hope that the end result is that your daily walk with Christ will grow. Now, let me get to some of the suggestions that I have for us this evening. And the first relates to prayer. So when many people pray, um, they they tend to just kind of be in the moment and and maybe even pray somewhat sporadically. And I wouldn't say that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I, I think many of the times when I'm praying are prayers that are prompted by something that I'm seeing in a particular moment. Uh, or, you know, a lot of times I, I find when I'm driving, the Lord brings things to my mind that I feel compelled to pray about. And sometimes I'll, I'll drive across something or see something that reminds me of something else that I need to be praying about, or I'll see... Um, you know, just uh, it really it could be anything that, that really triggers my thinking. And, and before I know it, I'm praying. And so I would say in those moments, that's kind of just a, an in-the-moment prayer. It's not something that's necessarily hyper-structured. It's just, you know, kind of reacting to something that I'm seeing or that the Lord brings to mind. And so that's one way that we pray. But in a, a, a devotional time, we're talking about carving out time specifically to be very intentional about how we're going about things. And so I'd encourage you in that devotional time to, first of all, make sure that prayer is part of it, but I'd like to encourage you to structure your time of prayer. Now, obviously, if the Holy Spirit leads you to pray differently, then pray differently. But I do want to suggest to you a couple things in relation to structure in just a moment. But just to set this up, let me read for us from Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. And in that portion of Scripture, this is actually part of Christ's Sermon on the Mount, and it's uh, actually my favorite section of Scripture. Um, But in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus makes this particular comment about prayer. He says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And if you look at the context of some of the things that Jesus was speaking about in that, in that portion of Scripture, one of the things that he was cautioning us against is trying to be showy in our time of prayer and just basically praying for the recipient or, or, or with the idea of receiving some unhealthy form of attention, as if we're, we want to be complimented on how articulate our prayer is or something like that. And there were religious leaders of the time that basically were just praying for show. They weren't praying for... Um, 
you know, because they had a genuine desire to connect with the Lord. They just wanted to pray for the praise of other people. They wanted to be patted on the back for how eloquent they were and how pious they seemed. And Christ encouraged us to be people who spend time in private prayer. And I think that this is a portion of Scripture that has great application to our devotional time, because we're saying, all right, this is time I'm carving out just me and the Lord. And I'm going to spend some time in prayer, and I'm going to shut the door, and I'm going to spend some time in private. I'm going to bring these, these concerns or these needs or these praises before the Lord. And the Scripture says, as Christ says here, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And that's a little bit of a mysterious statement to me when Christ says that, because I think, I wonder how he's going to reward us, I guess, with the answer to prayer, and I guess with other uh, things, and I think even just with our own developing faith and spiritual maturity, it's probably pretty broad, the ways in which the Lord seeks to reward his children who come before him in prayer. But he's saying there's going to be great benefit when you carve out time in prayer. So I want to encourage us, as we're talking about setting time aside for a devotional time, to begin that time with some structured prayer. Structure your time of prayer. And I have a few suggestions that I hope will be practical. And the first is this. I find what's sometimes referred to as the ACTS model of prayer, A-C-T-S, if you're not seeing the slide that I have up on the screen, the ACTS model of prayer, I find it quite helpful when structuring my prayer time. Many of you are probably familiar with that. Some of you probably aren't. But it's an acronym, A-C-T-S, that is a very helpful way to think of prayer. The A stands for adoration. So we begin our time of prayer adoring the Lord. The C stands for confession. So we come before the Lord and we confess our sins. We confess the things that are on our mind. We confess the things that are on our hearts. We confess areas of rebellion that... Um, that maybe we've been really struggling with, and we just bring that before the Lord and we confess. The T stands for thanksgiving, where we just thank the Lord for the work that he's already been doing in our day-to-day -day life. And the S is supplication or request. So if we're making a supplication before the Lord, we're requesting his intervention on something. And I think that model is helpful because I have discovered that without that model in mind, it's very easy to spend the bulk of our time in prayer just making supplication, just making requests. And I'm fearful, at least in my life, that that could be a little selfish at times of me. If I'm just coming before the Lord, making requests, I'm missing certain benefits that, and certain aspects of prayer that I think Scripture teaches we should incorporate. I think it's important for us to just praise the Lord for who He is, to adore Him. I think it's important as we look at Scripture to be people who confess our sins so that that sin does not take hold in our life, so that we can repent of it and uh, give it over to the Lord and ask for His intervention. I think it's important to, to just thank the Lord for the work that He's already done, and then in addition to that, make our supplication, to make our requests. And so I'd encourage you to structure your time of prayer with incorporating that model, the ACTS, the ACTS model, into your prayer life. Second, I'd also encourage you to keep track of what you've pledged to pray for. Um, so frequently in my day-to-day -day life, people will make requests of me, and I'm sure they do this to you as well, where they say, hey, could you pray for so-and-so? Or, hey, can you pray for this particular issue? And what I've started to do, and, and having a, 
you know, a smartphone in my pocket certainly makes this helpful. Although I had a friend that for years would carry just a small notebook and a pen in his pocket to do this sort of thing. But he would purposely keep track of what he prayed for on that notebook. I tend to keep track of what I'm praying for on my phone. I also have a notebook that I'll mention here uh, in just a few moments I keep on my desk. Um, but keep track of what you've pledged to pray for. If you've told someone that you're going to pray for them, obviously we want to be honest. And frequently when I'm telling people I'm going to pray for something, I, I tend to pray as soon as possible. So I don't forget it. And, you know, just being human, we sometimes can forget these things. But keep track of things that you've pledged to pray for and bring that out during this time of structured prayer. And a third suggestion that I give to you as uh, something to keep in mind while we're talking about structuring our time of prayer is spend some time listening to the Lord's voice. And as you do so, intentionally submit yourself to His will. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, have you ever incorporated um, or really just spent some time in your day-to-day life with somebody that is not a good listener? I'm friends with somebody who is a great talker, but he's not a good listener. And uh, sometimes that inhibits our friendship from being as strong as I think I'd like it to be sometimes because I realize I know a lot about him, but I'm not sure that he knows so much about things that are on my mind or on my heart because he doesn't really listen a whole lot. So it does limit the friendship. And sometimes it makes me wonder how often in my relationship with the Lord I'm doing all the talking and very little listening, and I'm not really giving him time to speak into my heart and to speak into my mind, to speak into my conscience, and I'm just doing all this talking. And I think when we structure our time of prayer, we can just carve out a little time in that moment and say, Lord, this is time I'm just going to spend right now listening to you or just pausing to to give you time to speak into my heart. Just spend some time listening to him. And be intentional about praying, maybe even some of those moments as you, as you set that up, you know, saying, Lord, all right, I'm, I've brought requests before you, but I'm, I'm intentionally submitting myself to your will. Whatever you decide, I'm going to accept. I'm going to welcome. And I think that that can be a very helpful thing to incorporate in a structured time of prayer. Time to listen. Time to listen to the Lord's voice. Time to submit yourself to his will. A second suggestion that I want to offer to us in our devotional time or related to our devotional time and how to get the most out of it is add variety to what you read. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, I would say a good devotional time incorporates time in the Bible. There's no more important content that you and I are going to read than Scripture itself. Uh, There are certainly things that we can read that point us to Scripture and clarify Scripture, and that can be helpful too. But I think a good devotional time incorporates time in the Bible itself. And so one of the things that I found helpful, and this actually over time became uh, the, the content of uh, one of my podcasts, I, I for years I've had a habit of reading one chapter of a book of the Bible uh, at a time in the morning. And um, I, I like to make a pledge with myself that I'm not going to read other things until I read that chapter. And so I'll pick a book of the Bible. So let's say I pick the book of Isaiah. Um, right now I'm in the book of Proverbs. Okay. Uh, but let's, so, so let's stick with Proverbs right now I'm in Proverbs. And so the idea is, okay, you know, read 
chapter one of the book of Proverbs. And then you can read other stuff during the day if you want, but start off your day. You just read one chapter of the book of Proverbs and think about that and start with chapter one and then just do it a day at a time until you get to the end of the chapter or the end of the book and then start a new book. And I find that it's extremely helpful in my understanding of scripture and my understanding of the Lord's will if I pick a book of the Bible and read it from start to finish a chapter at a time. That way I'm not rushing through it. That way I'm giving myself time to think about it and pray about it. And uh, that's certainly something that I really appreciate in, in a time like that. And I find it helpful to do that early in the morning. Um, I also enjoy incorporating the thoughts of Christian leaders and writers that I respect. And so I don't want that to supplant my, my uh, reading of the scriptures themselves, but there are interesting ways that we can incorporate the thoughts of Christian leaders and writers that we respect. So maybe in addition to what you've read from Scripture, you could also read some commentary that somebody that you respect has written. Or maybe if somebody has um, you know, put together a book that, that you find helpful that kind of accentuates a topic that you've been looking at in Scripture, it could be very helpful during that devotional time to read some additional thoughts on that, or at least read part of a chapter on it. The book that I was referring to earlier was a, a Chuck Swindoll book that I had purchased, and it was on servant leadership. And uh, that person that I had seen in that particular bookstore uh, had said that that was something that she found particularly helpful and uh, was reading that as part of her, her devotional time. And when I looked at the theme of that book, it was the idea of incorporating servant leadership into our day-to-day lives like Christ modeled. And so incorporating the thoughts of Christian leaders, so in that context, the you know Chuck Swindoll's thoughts on servant leadership, um, it was helpful to me. It accentuated some of the concepts that I was reading in Scripture. It was, it was supplementary. It was helpful. I also have to say, and I did this um, the other day in particular when I took a walk, um, I find it helpful at times to also utilize audio. And uh, there are, are ways that we can access audio Bibles, we can access podcasts, and audio books, and maybe you're at a spot where you don't want to do some additional book reading, uh, you know, maybe you read the scriptures and, and you want the, the next half of, of your devotional time to incorporate a different discipline or a different medium. And so uh, I would suggest in moments like that, it's, it can be useful to, to incorporate different forms of audio. Maybe even you, you just listen to the scripture uh, through an audio Bible or through a podcast or through an audio book. Uh, the other day I was listening to an audio book while I walked. Um, and I found that immensely helpful and immensely just refreshing to my soul. And so that's something that I would incorporate from time to time, just so it's adding variety, because we don't want to necessarily, we want to be disciplined, but we don't necessarily want to get into a rut. And so I think it's helpful to add some variety to what we're reading. I think scripture is our foundation, and that from time to time, it's useful to incorporate the thoughts of other Christian leaders and writers that maybe will clarify some of the things in the scripture that we're reading about, or give some personal examples of how they've implemented those concepts into their day-to-day life. A third concept that I think is very helpful when it comes to developing a useful devotional time that we get the most out of is incorporating some level of social accountability. Now, I'll give a few examples of this in a few moments, but first I want to read from James chapter 5, verse 16. And in James 5, 16, it says this, 
Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I love that portion of Scripture. Uh, it encourages us to be people, people who confess and pray uh, for one another. We confess to one another. We pray uh, for one another. And uh, the Scripture reminds us that, that our prayers have great power as the Lord accomplishes His work through prayer. And uh, it can be very difficult at times for us to be willing to confess our sins to one another, although I think praying for one another is something that many of us have, have done, but confessing our sins to one another at times feels a bit dangerous. But social accountability is very helpful when we're trying to, to kind of beef up what we're doing in our devotional time. So let me give you a few examples of what I mean by social accountability. First of all, I find in my own life that when I'm accountable to somebody else, I get more done. Meaning, when there's somebody that's going to check in on me, or when there's somebody that's going to observe what I'm trying to do. If I know that somebody else is going to see it or use it or check in on it, I'm more likely to get it done. And I think that that applies to our devotional time as well. And it could be that one of the reasons why maybe you have not been successful in developing the discipline of incorporating a daily devotional time into your day is because it's lacking some level of social accountability. So how's that done? Well, the truth is there's probably a million different ways you can incorporate social accountability, accountability to your brothers and sisters in Christ into your devotional time. There are many avenues that you can use. Uh, sometimes uh, social media can be useful with that. Sometimes people that will call you and check in on you. There are people that might text you. I know some of the things that I have done involved me either writing or recording things and then sharing them online after I did that. So actually writing or recording what I was doing in my devotional time and then sharing that with others online, it actually added a level of accountability that guaranteed I was going to get it done because I knew that somebody else was going to be waiting for what I was about to share. And so that for me has been a pretty useful form of accountability. And it helps me to actually make sure that something's getting done. And so I'm just wondering, and this is just food for thought, and we can bring this out in the discussion time in a few minutes, but who do you know that you could bring into this aspect of your devotional life? Who do you know that you could bring into that? Uh, yesterday, I had the, the privilege of getting together with somebody that I've only really known him just for a few months, but another brother in Christ. And I've known him for a few months, and, and, um, and we decided to get together for lunch. And so we met for lunch. And uh, after we ate food together, we actually spent time praying for one another and praying for our children. I have four children and he has five. And so that's yeah, a lot of kids we needed to be praying for. And, and children have a good uh, skill. One of the things they're really good at is keeping you on your knees in prayer. And my children are great at doing that for me and his children are great at doing that for him. And so uh, we were just talking about some of the things that the Lord had been teaching us and, and helping us with and some of the ways we were trying to invest in the lives of our children and, and model the gospel for them. And um, we decided to just be accountable to one another in that respect and, and pray for one another and pray for each other's children. And uh, when you have that accountability with somebody, it really is a helpful thing. It really does accomplish more because you're not just kind of off 
on an island somewhere by yourself, you know that somebody else is going to follow up with you. And so incorporating some level of social accountability into your devotional time is probably going to contribute to you being more consistent with it. And I would contend whether for those of you live here on the call or those accessing this content via the podcast, if you've been struggling to be consistent with your devotional time. Again, as I said a few moments ago, this might be something you want to look at. Ask yourself, who do you trust enough that you can confess things to? Who do you trust enough that you would be willing to to invite them to check in on you? And if you find those people, if the Lord brings some of those people to your mind and to your heart, it's very useful to incorporate them to some degree in what you're trying to do for your devotional time. One other thing that I'd like to encourage you to do that I find particularly helpful, and I'll actually show you what I'm using in just a moment. I've got it right here next to me. Uh, But take notes. It's the fourth principle that I think is very helpful for getting more out of your devotional time. And it's not the idea that this would seem like homework. That's not really the idea, although we are talking about developing a discipline here. But as as you can see, if you can see the screen in front of me here, on my desk, I have a notebook that I keep updated with whatever matters to me. And this includes devotional thoughts. It includes things that I've been praying about. It includes certain uh, just pieces of counsel that I've pulled out of Scripture or things that the Lord's revealed to me either through prayer or through the advice of other people. But this is the notebook. And uh, I actually bought this notebook because it has a durable cover, and it's something that I have brought with me different places. Sometimes I carry it in my bag. Usually I keep it on my desk. Uh, But I've been using this one actually for several years. And so some of the things I write in here um, are just a little bit longer. And sometimes I write just very brief thoughts. And I, I was looking through it and I came across something that I was really praying about back in March of 2015. It was actually March 23rd, according to the date that I put next to it, March 23rd, 2015. And it fascinated me recently when I read it, because at the time I was very confused about what I had put down. I was really trying to seek the Lord's intervention and seek His will. I put a thought there about just something personal happening in my day-to-day life that was concerning me, and it had broad implications, and I, I was just praying about it and asking the Lord for direction on it. And it was amazing when I came across that note very recently, and I looked at the, at the date, and I thought, wow, it's amazing what the Lord's done in my life over the course of the past years since I wrote that down, how he's answered that prayer, how he's given me direction in something that I was really just seeking his will on. I find it very helpful to take some notes on the things that the Lord is bringing to my mind and teaching me and bringing to my heart, because what that allows you to do is it allows you to trace God's hand at work in your life when you go back and you read those old notes. They don't have to be long. It doesn't mean you have to write a book, but just making a note and maybe even putting the date by it. And uh, an added benefit that I'm taking from doing that and incorporating that at times into my devotional life is that it bolsters my confidence in the Lord because it reminds me to start tracing his hand at work in my life over the long haul. And again, coming across that note from March 23rd, 2015, and just seeing and observing the amazing ways that the Lord has answered prayer into a very specific area that I was asking the Lord for guidance in, because I really didn't know what to do. And he gave me wisdom, and he's answered prayer. And to come across that original note, I was so glad that I wrote that down. 
and um, and to just be able to think back on what the Lord's shown me since that time. It's just been fascinating. So I'd encourage you, if um, if you think this would be helpful, take some notes. Have a notebook. Get one that's got a durable cover like the one that I'm using here. Um, I, I found it immensely helpful, and I hope that you find it helpful as well. Now, in uh, just a moment here, I'm going to stop my screen share, and we're going to start discussing some of these things. I have a few questions to get us started when uh, when we open this up, but if you have some thoughts that you want to incorporate that are outside of my discussion questions, don't hesitate to bring those topics up or share some insights that you have. And by the way, if you're listening to the recording of this or utilizing the video, I just encourage you to stop by one of two places. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about the Healthy Discipleship Community, you could stop by healthydiscipleshipcommunity.com, and you could see more information about what we're doing there and some of the resources that we have there. My other website, and it's really my main website, is desirejesus.com. And on that website, you'll actually find a whole bunch of blog content that maybe it would be helpful for you as you're trying to incorporate, um, you know, some writing and some thoughts and some biblical teaching into your devotional time. There's years of blog content where we've taken apart uh, different portions of Scripture and analyzed it and meditated on it and just shared different thoughts on it, and you can find a whole bunch of that at DesireJesus.com. And by all means, download as much of it as you want and use it however you see fit, Uh, but we're just happy to make that uh, available to you. So let me uh, uh, stop my screen share now, and I'm going to bring our our team up on the the screen, and we're going to see where everybody is at on this. And, and uh, as you share, feel free to uh, unmute your mic and, and uh, you know, just jump on here with, with some thoughts that you have. But I'll, I'll get us started with an introductory question here. And, um, and I'd be very curious to hear your answer. And that's this. If you have a devotional time already, if this is something that you're currently doing, you know, as we're talking about this concept, when is it? I'm, I'm curious, you know, is it in the morning? Is it in the evening? And how do you prefer to structure it? Would someone want to kind of get the ball rolling for us and just share some personal insights about, about how you're doing that? Do you have a devotional time? When is it? How is it structured? Tell us some thoughts about what you're presently doing. John, I like to do both morning and evening. And I find it's a good way to end the day as well as to begin Mm -hmm. the day. And, of course, if you follow the concept that the day begins at evening, then you're starting the day in the evening. And then in the morning when you get up, you're starting with your your devotional time in the middle of the day, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. Um, In the morning, I I, I often start off with your podcast, by the way, uh, the, the chapter a day audio Bible. Uh, I have uh, I have bad shoulders, and so I can't really do much in the way of reading. And just for this, for the information of the others listening, um, I incorporate Braille a great deal mm-hmm. into a lot of the things I do. Uh, but I have to start off with audio, and so it's a good it's a good way to to do that. Uh, besides the uh, the chapter day audio Bible. Uh, I found it. I found an app that I have been very pleased with, called U Devotions. That's Y O U Devotions, and it is it, it incorporates fifteen classic devotional books, things like Streams in the Desert uh, by Mrs. Charles Kalman, 
things like, um, um, let's see, Morning and Evening by Spurgeon. I wondered uh, if you were familiar with that, by the way, uh, it, specifically Spurgeon's devotion when you said that you're doing yeah. morning and evening. Morning that's and first, evening. That's I don't, the first thing that came to my mind. I thought, I wonder if he's familiar with Spurgeon's devotion. Oh, on that. Right. And you know that there's a, there's a book now available, Streams in the Desert, that incorporates both, both volumes that she wrote. And they've, uh, who, whoever put it together has done both morning and evening. I don't have that, but uh, so I, I, I use, I use that app and I, I pick a couple, three of them that I, that I read. Uh, one of the things I like to incorporate in that section is, is uh, daily light on the daily path, which is a topical reading for morning and evening. And I will use that for both morning and evening. And I just recently started doing that. I think maybe within the past week, it dawned on, it, it just kind of hit me one day. Uh, why don't I incorporate that both times? And uh, so uh, th- those are the things I utilize. I will tell you another another app that I have uh, uh, utilized, uh, and I'm not currently using it, but I will probably go back to it. It's called TTW, which stands for Through the Word. Uh, ThroughTheWord.org is the is the website. Um, a pastor from one of the Calvary churches out in the LA area has put this together. And um, he and several others have put together um, expositions of books of the Bible. And I think they've covered all of them now. Uh, and it includes a, it, it includes um, the ability to both read and listen to a chapter um, uh at a time, it also includes a place for journaling, hmm. and so you have access to to those uh, to 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 those ways of writing down uh, anything that you get in your reading, or or maybe it's a combination of what you read and what you hear. Uh, so uh, uh, TTW is the name of the app. I wrote and, it down. Thanks for the right. suggestion, Ben. And I found that to be. I have found that to uh, to also be good. Another time, John, I used the uh, I used the uh, um, the uh, Bible app. Yeah, it's called a Bible app, and they had uh, among the things they had a, a chronological uh, Bible plan, and I utilized that for one year. It actually took me a little more than a year because some of the time I was not able to listen because I was not where there was any internet. Uh, somewhere off in, in uh, the mountains in India, but uh, for the most part, I uh, I, I have I have util- I, I, I did utilize that for a year. So the excellent. the Bible app is an excellent uh, app to utilize. Very good. Thanks, Ben. Well, those are just some good. of the things I've used. Yeah, that's a that's a great list. Let's let's hear from some others too. Um, I, I wrote those down, by the way, Ben. That's some good suggestions. Uh, who who else has? Um, you know, uh, some insight on structuring your devotional time. What have you been doing? What works for you? What do you incorporate? So for several years, I've uh, used this one-year Bible, which is the New Living Translation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it pretty much uh, starts with the book of Genesis. And then, uh, you know, you'll have, I don't know, a couple chapters or so there. And then it'll take you into, uh, you know, Matthew's Gospel. And uh, then after that, you've got uh, 
the Psalms, and then you'll have a small portion of the Proverbs. And so throughout that year, from January till December 31st, it'll take you twice through the book of Psalms, but it will take you all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. Wow. So, and, and that's, yeah, so that's a time that I spend, you know, typically in the morning. I mean, usually it's probably 15 minutes, maybe that, that type of thing, but I just find the morning to be the best because I'm more of a morning person. And, uh, you know, when I get home at night, there's other things that I do. Uh, and so, yeah, morning, morning has always worked out well. And then typically on the way to work, it might be listening to, uh, maybe something from YouTube, you know, um, uh, a teacher there that I enjoy listening to or whatever, um, you know, those type of things. And then, you know, prayer along the way as well. Right now, it's a uh, about a 70 minute drive uh, when I get back to work in the way it will be. So wow. I, I have I have plenty of time to pray sure and do. Plenty of time to listen to YouTube and uh, whatever else. I mean, you know, there's other things that, you know, will pop up on, on my phone that I've kind of not necessarily well subscribed to in the sense that it's free, but, you know, just other people and then listening to uh, not listening, but reading, you know, the things that you've written there on desire Jesus. So um, yeah, so it's, it, it, it kind of fills the day and then being in sales and having to travel anyway, you know, different uh, areas. Um, if I miss a prayer time in the morning, I can usually uh, pick up on that sometime, you know, during my travels throughout the day. So yeah, just yeah. be sure you don't close your eyes while you're doing that. You know, you yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, just no, I keep both eyes open. On that. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> No, that's good. That's a that's a great way to use a commute. Yeah, using the commute. I, I'd be curious, uh, those of you that are listening on the podcast, listening to this audio recording, um, you know, m- message me and let me know how many of you utilize devotional content on your commute. I am convinced that that's one of the primary times people have set aside, uh, especially if you have a commute by yourself. That tends to be a time that many Christians have said, you know, it's a great way to redeem that time. Uh, using your commute for a devotional time. And uh, yeah. we have so many tools right now that make that possible. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to incorporate Christian music along the way. I was a, a Christian DJ for a number of years. And so some of my music goes back, you know, John, quite a few years. <laughs> so, That's okay. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, uh, yeah. So I enjoy doing that as well. Just again, you know, filling that gap and just a time of worship and where you can, be by yourself and uh, enjoy the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Yep. And if you ever see, uh, if you're ever on the streets of Illinois or the highways of Illinois and you see right. a guy singing in his car, yep. you yep. know who it yep. is. It's Dennis. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Cool. Um, any other thoughts on that before I jump to the next thought that I had here? All right. Here, here's my next question, and it's about social accountability, because that part is, you know, we were reading from the scripture earlier, and it's encouraging us to be people who confess our sins to each other. Um, I, I have to admit, like, the list of people that I feel truly, truly comfortable to go into detail with is not a large list, and maybe you feel that way, too. Sometimes, you, you know, when... when um, you know, when, when you want to incorporate that, you also kind of look at it and, and you want to have developed relationships with people where you realize if I confess something to this person, they really will make it a matter of prayer, not a matter of discussion. And, uh, 
you know, I, I was grateful. A friend of mine contacted me yesterday just because he needed to unload something that was on his heart. And afterward, um, you know, I think one of his concerns was that he was burdening me. And I, I assured him afterward, I, I said, I don't feel burdened by this. I feel grateful that I had the privilege to spend some time uh, just, you know, being your brother right now, because he's been my brother so many times. And I, I think, you know, just the thought that, that I have the opportunity to be that listening ear and to hear as he's working through some things and how he chose to just bring this out into the light instead of really just privately struggling with it. And so my question related to social accountability is this, how can you bolster your level of social accountability? Is there something that you think um, is either something that you have done that did bolster it or something you'd like to do that you think would help, or even a word of encouragement to others who are kind of maybe new to this idea of making their spiritual growth a little bit more interactive or a little bit more, or, or just opening themselves up to feedback and accountability from others. Some thoughts on that. How, how do we grow in that area? Well, I think here's the thing that that I found out over the years anyway, in uh, just having a devotional life like this, um, is that if if you're not careful, and let's just say you get behind, okay? So it's uh, today is August the what, 6th, right? And, uh, you know, so let's say, for instance, that I maybe I haven't read August the 4th, the 5th, and the 6th. And so then I get down and I think, oh, my goodness, uh, you know, what, what have I done here? What am I doing? I, I'm a sinner, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and instead of, you know, heading down that uh, crazy little path right there, it's like, look, you just take your time. You, you know, go back, you pick up where you left off at. If it was August the 4th, then read August the 4th and August the 5th if you have time. That, you know, that, that type of a situation. But I think the worst thing that we can do is begin to beat ourselves up. I think that's where the devotional life if you're following some plan like this, that we can get off track so easy and then become defeated in it and just throw up our hands and say, okay, I'm done, God. You must think I'm a lousy, terrible person because I can't even spend 15 minutes reading your word, whether it's morning, noon, or after, or you know, morning, afternoon, or evening type of a thing. And then we don't have a devotional life. So, you know, I guess my encouragement would be, look, so what if you missed a day or if you missed a week? You know what? If you miss the week, then just pick up whatever the day is, start right there and, and go forward. And if you miss some more time, don't don't beat yourself up about it. Just continue to move forward with it. And you know what? On December 31st, you'll be at the book of the end of Revelation and, right. and everything will be fine. And you'll have an opportunity then on January 1 to start over again and, and maybe, you know, uh, improve, do a little bit better or whatever. But just just don't beat yourself up. I think it's important that we all get into the word of God and study the word and be, uh, be diligent students in that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you speak of the book of revelation. Sometimes I think we're living through it, but you know, we'll, right. we'll uh, yeah. maybe, maybe, you know, maybe as, uh, as we read it, we'll be like, wait, didn't that just happen? <laughs> That's right. There you um, go. Yeah. I, and I'm curious for, um, I, I don't know. All right. I'll pick someone that I know is kind of safe to just like randomly ask a question. So Desha, you know that this is coming directly at you. All right. The, um, 
who in like you don't have to name names okay but describe a couple of the people that you have in your life that you feel comfortable um with just like this kind of accountability like spiritual accountability social accountability like you don't have to name names but i know there's some people like that in your life and just for the benefit of those listening to the audio of this like like what direction would you encourage people to go in if they're trying to incorporate that so they don't beat themselves up so that they're not you know going down an unhealthy path I believe that people that will uplift them mm-hmm. and encourage them and not put them down. I have people from different areas in my life, uh, other coaches, I have other Christians and then I have other people in recovery. Um, just to keep it's, I keep thinking iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. and that's what really um, hits home with me. And then to just encourage one another in Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're the type of people that I try to keep in my life. Someone that's going to uplift me, but then also not let me get away with, you know, if they see me going down the wrong way or, or rational, call you out on your yeah. stuff. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for letting me. I, so I just kind of called you out. Right. Then okay. I was like, Desha, answer this. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was safe to pick on you though. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. I'm going to pick on Don Kaler for the next one too. He's another one I know is safe to pick on for this. So Don, here's my question for you, because I know you're a man of prayer. And so I want to ask a prayer question. Describe your confidence level in the effectiveness of prayer. I would go with some of the, some of the scriptures I call on. In fact, I'll do them. I'll, call out of scripture when I'm praying for something along them lines. And when you ask that question, I'm thinking of the ones that, you know, ask whatever you ask in my name and it will be done. And uh, a lot of times what I'll, you know, what I'll do is I'll, I'll claim the verse and the promise within the verse in Jesus name. And, uh, and think about the aspect of a lot of the verses that have those in them. They also have a, you know, I'm thinking of Romans 8, 28, you know, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So the first part, I think everybody loves that part. Mm-hmm. God will make everything work together for the good. Right. We certainly but, do uh, love that. <laughs> and, and, and during this whole uh, discussion time, and I, I came in a, towards the end of uh, where you were going with the lesson, mm-hmm. but what's just ringing out to me that, uh, my devotion has to do with like I have all the books. One is this author named Stongay that I picked up a Desire Jesus. And I got Sarah Young. I got a Blackaby. I usually spend. Well, I'm not saying to say usually. What I do, unless I'm not at home, is I spend my first hour of every day, and I have several different devotionals that I do. I also go through the. Uh, as a church body, I have our congregation, we read, we're supposed to be reading. I challenge them to read the readings that I'll be preaching on next Sunday. We're in the book of Esther now. So uh, we did five chapters last week, and now we're on doing the other five chapters. So today the reading was Esther chapter nine. So like I read that, and then I text it out, either the chap, the whole chapter itself or a key verse out of it. But uh what I'm feeling led by the spirit to say is that I make it the, t- the first priority before mm-hmm. I, before I do anything, before I eat, before sometimes 
uh, before I dress, if I know I'm not leaving quickly and have to just go right out of the house, you know, I'm still in my, uh, in my comfies, but I spend the beginning part of the day. And here's another one that I use. John 3.30 says, uh, he must become greater and I must become less. It was John the Baptist talking. So God has almost, uh, without, without fail, wakes me up every morning. It's about 25 after three or 20 after three. And so two times during the day, I see 3.30. Uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I feel that connection, like remind myself that he got to become greater and I got to become less. But the, the, the point for me is that he got to be first. I was just at a meeting and we were talking about joy and there was a lot of discussion going on about joy. The, the devotional we read says joy comes from within. And I kind of rebuked that, said, well, no, my joy <laughs> inside me. My, and I said, my joy comes from Jesus. So I have to, I had that acrostic for J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and yourself. So like I put it out there, like in order to have joy, I got to be, don't come from me. It comes from outside myself, mm-hmm. higher power, because I was in a recovery group, but uh I made the I, I made the Jesus statements and uh, but that for me that's what it is like he got to be first. Mm-hmm. I do that like when when I was working construction for many years on Friday before I even you know made a deposit I I put my tithe you know the first thing I did with my paycheck was I tithe so putting him in that priority pyramid of first or the center you know and everything revolves around him instead of me or them or it. Uh, so I do that with my devotion. It's, it's always the first thing I do. And, uh, I felt like God needed me to say that to you. I don't even know if I answered your question. I kind of, you did. Well, you, you did. And then, and then, uh, and then you shared extra, which was nice to hear in the sense that like you're, it's a reminder how when you're in church leadership, you can help promote a culture of accountability in like, mm. cause what you're sharing there, you know, we're talking about, like these elements of devotional life and prayer and accountability are big parts of it. And so, you know, and what you're saying there, it's just a good reminder how if you're in a spot of Christian leadership, you can really kind of set that tone in, in the context of the local church. And so I think that that's a, a good idea. I think that's very practical. Yes, Paul. And they all really oh, love whenever I call on them for a verse that they were supposed to have read. Oh, I'm around. sure they love that. They, they, they love that. I want to, yeah, everybody loves a surprise, right? Yeah, Paul, go ahead. Uh, I uh, First of all, I want to say, since she's on Desha, uh, I, w- I saw your photographs. You're, you're a marvelous photographer. And uh, thank you for sharing that when you sent replied to my email. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say uh, is uh, I'm not speaking too much into this discussion because uh, being a Catholic, it's a little bit different for us. We have something that I do every day called the Divine Office, which is uh, which is not only all of the Psalms, but we also do the uh, do the Scriptures, and then we also do the writings of the uh, Church of Fathers of the Early Church. And uh, like uh, two days two days ago, I was reading marvelous uh, uh, excerpt from a, a letter that's attributed to Saint Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And uh, marvelous words. But anyway, uh, we have that devotion. I have mass every uh, every day. Uh, so in addition to everything else, uh, I, we're worshiping. We're always worshiping. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, speaking to the confessor uh, portion, uh, I did have somebody that I was very close to, trusted implicitly. Unfortunately, he died a year and a half ago. Yeah. And so now um, I'm working through that again, because you're right. It's not easy to find somebody that you can have the confidence in. Uh, for us, confession is a sacrament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important, and we're bound by the seal of the, uh, con- uh, of the confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, you do have to be careful, because even if, you're, even if you uh, uh, develop that um, uh, accountability between persons, uh, you have to be careful that, that if, if you're not within the structure of a confession, then you have to be careful what you're saying to who, because you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. So it's, it's a difficult thing, but one thing. And I think because it's difficult, many people don't take the risk to do it. Right. Right. And they miss out. (laughs) It's important. You have to, Yeah. uh, you you need to, you need to have that uh, unburdening of yourself because uh, at least from a Catholic perspective too, uh, when you confess your sins, you're absolved of them. Uh, Christ absolved us from the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And in the upper room, uh, he said, you know, to uh, those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Who you remit, they are remitted. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a great uh, gift that God's given us, but we, we do need to practice that. And we do need to have confidence in who we speak to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that you, spoke, that you spoke of, too, that really hit my heart, was uh, when, you, when you said, when you pray, you have to listen. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people, I especially do this at funerals, because uh, to the families, because uh, there is the idea of intercessory prayer, mm-hmm. uh, that we can pray for one another. And for us as Catholics, we also believe that you can, uh, you can pray uh, to, uh, to the saints, uh, and they can intercede for you. You're not praying to them, but through them, if you will. So I know it's a little different thi- theology uh, from the Protestant, but uh, the, the point is that we know from from Scripture that God speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes to us in all different ways. In in dreams, He can speak to us. The prophets were no were no different than we are. God chose them. Right. He spoke to them. He spoke to the apostles. He spoke to the disciples, uh, and when he spoke, it was conversation. And in order for conversation to work, uh, it has to be two-way. And that's why I love what you said. Uh, what I tell people is if you give 10 minutes to prayer, pray for five minutes, and then listen for five. Listen for five, yeah. <laughs> after a while, you may not hear it right away. It's a discipline. You have to learn it. You, you have to, you have to uh, uh, listen, you know, for that small voice that Elijah heard when he was, mm-hmm. when he was up in, in the mountain after the storms and everything. But God speaks to you. And uh, for us as Catholics, we believe in intercessory prayer. So, mm-hmm. you know, listen. Prayer, we have to, we have to listen to God. If, I, there, was a, uh, there was a priest who passed away since... But I remember uh, he'd call up, and I'd always answer the phone. I was an assistant at the time in Chicago. 
and I'd say, hello. And, and right away he'd say, this is Father so-and-so. And then he'd say, how are you? And before I could get a chance to say anything, he told me exactly what he wanted to say. And then he <laughs> And that's not conversation. No, it's not. And, and <laughs> with God, we need to converse with God. Yeah. We need to talk and hear his voice. Yep. Because he'll, he'll guide us and he'll, he'll speak to us and give us the message that we need to hear. Yeah, he does. And, you know, he, I mean, that's, I, I agree that, I mean, we, we need to listen to him. And uh, I think sometimes just in life, myself and all of us are probably better at talking than we are listening. And, uh, you know, it really, I mean, for me, it was really hit home, you know, a few times in my life where I really needed people to listen and felt like, wow, it's really hard sometimes to find someone to listen. Because we always want to talk, but we got to be listeners too. Um, at the start of our, our discussion time here, and, and we'll wind this down in just a second, uh, but at the start of our discussion time here, um, Ben shared a few additional resources that he found helpful, and uh, Dennis also shared a few resources that he found helpful. And, and so there are people listening to our podcast uh, right now that, you know, are, are there any other additional resources uh, obviously, in addition to scripture, scripture being the most important, but are, are there books you've read? Are there things like that that you find useful in that have been really useful in pointing your heart to Jesus or reminding you uh, about your walk with Christ in, in a way that you found useful that you would recommend to somebody else? Dennis made a comment about one uh, when he was talking about his, uh, his uh, daily Bible. Uh, there is a podcast, and it's also a a whole community called the Daily Audio Bible. Okay. But um, with Brian Harden, mm -hmm. he started it because he needed to read the Bible, and he knew the only way he would he would ever read it was to read it to somebody else. And so, so he the started social the accountability part. Okay. That that is, That's and uh, and it has turned into an, an an outstanding community. I think they've well passed, I don't know, ten or fifteen million downloads the last I looked. Oh wow! Uh, but it but the daily audio Bible reads a uh, uh, pro, uh, um, uh, 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 proverb, uh, a psalm, and then an old and New Testament reading. It takes about twenty minutes to uh, to listen through, okay. and it'll it'll take you through the through the entire Bible in a year. Psalms twice and uh, proverbs through the entire year. They also do a daily audio proverb where they read a chapter of proverbs a day. Okay. And uh, then I think there's another one. Uh, one that I was going to, to or, or the other thing I was going to quickly mention on accountability. I have a friend here in Tahlequah who does not live in the in the Christian retirement center I live in. Uh, but sometimes if I if I run across something uh, that I find particularly good, I'll share it with him by text, and and he'll do the same thing with me, and uh, and then we get together every Wednesday. Uh, for for a um, a man on man Bible study, and uh, we have a great time. Excellent. So there's a good good thing. Okay, very good. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Any other resources we can recommend, or anything that's been helpful to you? The book that I was referencing earlier by Chuck Swindoll is called Improving Your Serve. If uh, anyone was curious, Desha, I saw your hand there. I do have one that I've gotten away from, but now that you mentioned this and asked this question, I want to get back because it came to mind. 
Mm-hmm. Oswald Chambers, my mm-hmm. utmost for his highest. I love that devotional. Probably the most popular devotional of all time, I think. I haven't looked in a while, but that one I have found, I've seen many, many places. So there's a lot of people like you who have uh, really taken a shine to that devotional. And And, and John, that's also, that's also available as an app from our, from, uh, from our daily bread ministries for, I think 499 or something like that. Okay. So yeah, you could have it digitally then. Yeah. I first, Oh, look at this. All right. So Don has Jesus calling. All right. That's become a pretty popular, that's, that's hugely popular. Um, and, uh, but yeah, Desha, uh, my utmost for his highest, that was, I remember stopping in a, a bookstore when I was a teenager and asking them for some devotional content that I could read. And that was the book that the, the man working that counter happened to say. A lot of stories about Christian bookstores tonight, apparently. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, he, uh, he said, here, take this one. This is one you ought to start with. I was like, okay. So I, I own a copy of that as well. Well, wonderful. Well, thanks everybody for your insights and your participation tonight. Uh, those of you that are listening to the audio, um, you know, we, we always invite you to join us live. If you're ever able to join us live, we'd love to have you here, but we got a faithful crew. We get together on Thursday nights, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, obviously you got to adjust that based on your, your, um, uh, your time zone. But we have a great time doing this. Take about an hour on Thursday nights, just trying to make investments in our walk with Christ. And um, really grateful for the people on our call tonight and for their personal insights and their stories that you're able to share. We have all sorts of perspectives, um, you know, represented in our calls. And I think that that adds something special to it. So thanks again, everybody, for what you shared tonight. Thanks to those of you that are listening right now. And uh, we hope everybody has a wonderful week. Thank you, John. All right. Take care, everybody. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.